Let us remember we are always and everywhere in the holy presence of God. Hello, this is Rick, and welcome to the Presence Podcast, episode number 26. I am recording this on the 27th of January, which is Sunday, coming to you talking about yesterday, the 26th, which was Saturday. And it's kind of later in the afternoon on Sunday, finally getting around to recording this today. It's been a fairly busy day, but I'm glad that I can sit for a few minutes and put this down. And I'm especially glad that you, whenever you are and wherever you are and whomever you are, are spending a few minutes listening to me share about how I, yesterday, Saturday, kept my eyes, my ears, and my soul open to experience the presence of God. So yesterday, when I recorded Friday's podcast, I was in my car outside of our local public library. And not surprisingly, just as soon as I finished that recording, I went into the library for a couple of hours. Now, I was at the library yesterday because I had some time before I went to work, my Saturday job, which regular listeners will know is at a local winery. I had a few hours to fill before then. So I went to the library to work on uh, schoolwork, grading, preparing, creating, doing different uh, school-related items. And I um, walked up to the second floor where the long tables are for where people sit and read or work on their computers or whatever else they might be doing. And I noticed at one of the back tables, my brother-in-law, John. Now, it's not unexpected to see John at the library because I've seen him there before. And when I talk about this episode's God presence moment being about seeing John, my brother-in-law, at the library, it's not really that I connected with him for the first time in a long time, because that, that's not the case. I, I, don't, I haven't seen him that much recently, but it's not like, you know, he's been far away. Also, it's not that we had a tremendously profound conversation or anything. And it wasn't the content of the conversation that is the God presence moment. It's not that either. And also, like I said, it's not seeing John at the library because he and his family live locally um, and that's a place where they hang out almost as much, I think, as we hang out, myself, my kids, my wife, um, and so forth. What the God Presence moment was and what it got me thinking about was how different it is for me to be living in a place where I can run into my brother-in-law at the library. Because there's kind of two things that that have to be in play for that to happen. One is having family live close. And besides my brother-in-law, there really is no family anywhere close to us here in central Ohio. Our relatives, my wife's family, and my family are, are dispersed really all over the country. My parents and my sister in California, my other sisters in Florida, My wife's sister is in Texas, her brother is in Los Angeles, and this brother is the only family member that is this close. So that was a God presence moment, just feeling the sense of gratitude that we do have family present in this location. 
And it was kind of funny because little backstory here. Um, he and his wife and her son and at that time their um, young daughter um, moved from Korea. My brother-in-law's wife is Korean. And they moved, my, my brother-in-law John had gone to Korea after college to teach English and met his wife and they got married and then they were deciding to come to America. And it was funny because they weren't sure where they were going to go and settle. And three different family members were essentially competing for him to come to their place. One was my mother who lives in Savannah, Georgia. Very nice place to visit. Probably a pretty good place to live. If you can get used to the South, the heat, the humidity, the bugs, etc. My sister-in-law, who now lives in Texas, at that time lived in Syracuse, New York. And John had um, lived in Syracuse himself. That's where my wife's family grew up. So I don't know that that ever was really a top contender. But the town that we live in here outside of Columbus was the strong contender. And it was made even more of a strong contender by the fact that we made a little sort of ad hoc informal promotional video to try to encourage John's Korean wife to get on board with coming here to central Ohio, a place that she had never visited before. So we won that little contest. And now a number of years later, I think it's been five or six, maybe seven years now that uh, John and his family have lived here. And it's been a tremendous blessing. And it's really wonderful to have family nearby to do different things with, to have childcare support at different times and, and just to have family nearby. So if you'll stay with me through the break, I will tell you the second reason, kind of the bigger reason why it was a God presence moment seeing my brother-in-law at the library. Well, thank you for staying with me through the break. So the second reason that I felt a God presence moment in running into my brother-in-law at the library was having lived in a place long enough where running into people in public places is a rather common occurrence. And let me explain a little bit about my history. So in 2006, my wife and I moved here to central Ohio. And while we've lived in a number of different residences within those um, 13, almost 13 years now, it'll be 13 years this summer, we have never prior to that this time in our relationship lived either of us in a place as long as this. Now, I did grow up in Texas. I was there for uh, 13 years and spent a number of years in California, um, but that was less than 10, really, sophomore year of high school, all the way through um, sophomore year, um, or excuse me, f four years after graduating from college. So that was close to 10 years, very close to 10 years, actually. But this is the longest either my wife or I have lived in a single place, especially since we've been together. And there really is something about having a history and knowing people and, and knowing people's stories and having memories and connections and watching kids grow up and seeing things change and develop and come and go and just having that connectedness. 
And this was really kind of a, a like I said, a rare thing for me. And um, I was thinking about a, a dinner that I had a number of years ago. I was um, selling textbooks and was working in New York City. And there was a conference in Philadelphia that uh, we were attending. And one evening, we took a group of uh, teachers out for a, a really very nice dinner. And it was a special dinner in um, Philadelphia. It was um, something like an old tavern that uh, was originally a restaurant that they've now recreated to be a, a restaurant. And it served authentic foods at the time of the revolution. So only what they would have eaten at that time. And it was served family style with big you know, platters and bowls, etc. passed around. And I remember sitting across the table from these um, two young teachers. Now, I was still pretty young at the time. I was about in my early 30s, um, getting closer to probably my mid-30s. But these two gentlemen were maybe 10 years younger than me, so mid-20s. And they weren't my customers. They were from somewhere in Pennsylvania, I think like State College or Harrisburg, somewhere in central Pennsylvania and from a small town. And they had literally grown up together. They went to elementary school together. They went to middle and high school together. I, I don't think they went very far away from each other for college, if they even were far away. And now they're teaching in the same school district and their wives know each other and they're raising families. And, and they were so grounded in the community in which they spent time. And I remember what was funny was how blown away they were by this dinner this fancy dinner. And I remember one of the, one of the guys saying something like, this is the best dinner I've ever had in my life. And this is just amazing. And, and they were just so funny and, and so grateful really for this dinner. And I remember thinking, you know, having fancy dinners like this was, was unusual for me prior to move, going into sales for publishing. I, I hadn't traveled like that and I hadn't eaten fancy meals on the company's dime like that. And so it was relatively new for me then. But I just remember thinking, you know, these two guys spent their entire life in this one geographical area that has really given them roots, connectedness. I, on the other hand, have lived all over the place. And it's kind of funny even today when I, t having lived here for, you know, 13 years, when I tell people like how many different places I've lived, Texas twice and California and Boston and New York City area and Rochester, New York. And, you know, it, they, they're kind of like, whoa, you know, how did you end up here in central Ohio? Or I think, why did you end up here in central Ohio? And the answer to that is simple, cost of living and good place to live, quality of life. But I, I just think of those two guys with roots, but not wings, and how I have certainly had wings, but not really roots, and how that has changed over the last 13 years, that there's definitely a rootedness here. There's definitely a history and a knowledge. I was also reminded of that um, there's a window washer who comes and washes the uh, windows of the winery. His name is Micah. And I'll be honest, I am so bad at remembering names. The only reason I remember his name is because Micah is one of my favorite prophetic books in the Bible. So I remember his name. And I've been seeing him wash these windows, and I think it's a second or a third gig. It's not his full-time gig. But he um, remembers me, and I remember him 10, 12 years ago when my two kids, 
again, my son is a senior, my daughter's a freshman, both in high school. They, um, they were in a wagon. I was pulling them up and down this main street of our, of our town and they were in a wagon and he and I connected then and shared a little bit of my story. And he told me about his kids and, and now he comes on a semi-regular basis and washes the windows of the winery. And it's just kind of amazing, you know, 10 years or so later, how much has changed, but at the same time, how much hasn't changed? I haven't moved. I haven't left. There is someone who knew me and knew my kids 10 years ago, and and he's not the only one. It's not just the window washing guy. It's other people as well. So I think God is present in both roots and wings. God wants us, desires us to have those family and friend relationships that connect us to our history and to a place at the same time, God wants us to soar. God wants us to be transformed. And for some people, that may not involve moving somewhere. It might just be new ideas or new relationships or a deepening of faith or insight. Or it might be, you know, being on the road, so to speak, and the journey and the destination and the pilgrimage and all of that. I think it's kind of individual by individual or case by case. Nevertheless, God is both in roots and wings, and I was really glad yesterday to feel a sense of roots in the midst of what my life has been, which has been quite a bit of wings. So in conclusion, how about yourself? Which characterizes more of your life the last five years, 10 years, 15 years, roots or wings? And where is God calling you, do you think, today and in the near future to roots Settling deeper, further, or wings? Setting off on something new and hopefully exciting and dynamic? Which one is God calling you to? And how is God present in whichever moment you're in, whether it's a rooted moment or a wings moment? Where is God presence for you in those moments? As always, thank you so much for listening. Blessings and peace.